And so we're in this series, we said there's two kinds of wisdoms. There's, a, there's a wisdom that comes from above, from God, and there's human wisdom. Human wisdom sometimes will contradict itself, as we've shown some of the different sayings that we, we come up with as, as humans. God's wisdom never contradicts. It's always the same. It's consistent um, because it's built on principles. It's not built on just understanding or a culture or something that, that we think is wise. It's built on principles. And so we said that um, um, we've been giving some of these little sayings that, that sometimes we hear growing up. And so here's some of the sayings that we've heard um, or that I've found as, as, as we go through this journey. Um, it says this, if at first you don't succeed skydiving's not for you. All right. Remember that. First, don't succeed. Don't skydive. Uh, one of the ladies in our church, B, she says this. She said, you should taste your words before you spit them out. Um, you should taste your words because it reminds me of a prayer that I heard. The prayer is like this. Please, God, make my words today sweet and tender because tomorrow I may have to eat them. All right. So you speak out some harshful words. Hey, I hate faithful words. You might have to eat those one day, and that might not taste the best. Uh, the best thing about telling the truth is that you don't have to remember what you said. That's a good one. When you speak the truth, truth is the truth. It always stands as a test of time. Uh, when you lie, you have to remember what you said to who, and that just can get complicated. Um, this is a good one. All right, guys, gentlemen, can help you out. Okay, no husband has ever been shot do- for doing the dishes. There's been a lot of other things that guys have been shot for. Hey, you got some women clapping? Yeah. For team service, I, I was going through the, we have a team service at nine. We were a team that's serving all the kids and working. They come in and we kind of go through the message. And I'm speaking this and, and I look in the room and there's like a lot of noise and there's no guys. They're all gone. I'm like, where are all the guys in our team? Oh, they're washing the dishes. So if you didn't hear that, you're probably washing dishes somewhere. So no husband's ever been shot for doing the dishes. Uh, another one, most people aim at nothing in life and hit it with amazing accuracy. That was a good one. When you're aiming at nothing, you're going to hit it all the time. Um, this is a good one. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Tongue twister, right? Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Um, we'll talk about worry and some of that stuff in a while and anxiety. Um, and then one of my mentors, he says this to me all the time. He says, everyone is good for something, even if it's a bad example. Um, everybody can, you can learn from everybody. Everybody can serve a good, an example to us, even if it's a bad example. They're good for something, even if it's a bad example. You see somebody do something stupid, it's a great example not to do that stupid thing so you don't error, right? Um, and we say this a lot in the church is healthy people do healthy things. One of the statements we, we go back to all the time, which just packs a lot of uh, information there. Uh, the reverse of that would be stupid people do stupid things. The reason they're stupid is because they keep doing stupid things. Well, healthy people are healthy because they keep doing healthy things. We hope that Proverbs is going to help us become healthy in our relationships and our interactions. Because uh, if we're going to become skillful and living well, um, we, we need to learn how to do that. So today we're part five, and we're going to be talking about now or later. Um, if, I, if I offered you uh, the opportunity to have $100 today to go have a nice meal and, 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 and go out and have, have a good time, or I said, or wait three years and I'll, 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 um, I'll give you a lot more than that, I'll give you $1,000, um, how many of you guys would be able to wait for three years? Right, if you had the option, I could do this now, have a good, good meal, or I'll wait. Uh, we have a few hands that said, I, I'd be able to wait. Uh, I, I guarantee if I offered, you know, and I understand kids, they're, they're not fully developed, but a lot of kids, a lot of students, and some people in our culture, um, one of the challenges we have is instant everything. We want everything right now. Uh, we want it as soon as we can. Uh, whatever feels good, you do it here. You know, people, they should just go for it. If, it, if, it, if you like it, man, it's, just keep going. Um, and today we're going to be talking about this. This is one of the challenges that Proverbs is trying to help us overcome is just looking at the immediate and what feels good now over what um, you can choose in the future. 
Um, the, the Bible starts off and pretty, pretty quickly we see human nature come out almost instantly. God, he, he tells Adam and Eve they can eat of any tree in the garden, all right, except one. And what do they do? They choose one tree over the entire garden. They choose one thing which might not have been bad. It might have been a really tasting, good tasting one, but it was the one thing that God said not to eat. And they went and ate it, and they broke God's command, and they, they invited all kinds of other stuff, consequences that came with it. Um, but they chose um, something immediate over something that would have been way better and, and for, for them and for us. Um, it's easy to point at Adam and Eve and say, why did you do that? But we do this all the time. We choose those immediate things over the, the things that will bring health and goodness in our life. So my question today as we go into this message is this. Are you choosing one tree over a garden? Or are you willing to say, even though that tree looks good and maybe even tastes good, it might even feel good, am I choosing that one thing over the entire blessings that God has for my life? A wise person would say, that one tree is not worth giving up all the others. That immediate quick fix is not worth what I could have in the future. I heard it, I heard it said like this, that success is saying no to some things that are good, so you can say yes to things that are better. And be successful, sometimes you have to say no to things that, and when I say good, I mean that, that, that could actually be things that aren't bad for you that are actually good. Um, to, to be able to say, like eating a really good meal. Well, say no to eating a really good meal because you want to save money so you can uh, go on a trip. That's a really good thing to say no to so you can have something better. Or this, this good could also be something that just feels good. You want to do it because it makes you feel good. It might not be the best for you, but because you feel good doing it, you choose that over what is better. And we let feelings begin to get in the way. Because all, we all have a choice to live for today and be stuck now and, and, and only focus on what we have now. Or we can work for something far better if we're willing to put in the work. And when you say work, it's like, well, I work. That sounds like a lot of work. I'm going to just want it now. I want it, I want it good. So every week we'll be going through the book of Proverbs. And today is the 29th of May. Uh, I would encourage you to continue to read through. Don't, don't stop. There's some great chapters coming up. Uh, 30 and 31 are, are, are really good as they talk about just living, living a life that's healthy. Well, one of the Proverbs that I read just jumped out to me as we were going through this. The, the, the chapter 29, it talks a lot about influence and leaders and leadership um, and, and how, we're, how um, God wants to help people that are in leadership to succeed. So you own a business, if you're in government, whatever it is, if you, if, as, you, as you influence others, 29 is talking a lot about that. Well, there's one point in, in it, in the middle of it, Proverbs 29, it says this. It says, where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The reason I choose, chose King James is because growing up, this is the way I heard this proverb spoken, is where there's no vision, people perish, but the one that keeps the law, happy is he. Keepeth, Old English, I don't think you've ever used, anybody use keepeth this week? You should keepeth, right? Keepeth your food in your mouth, all right? The one that keeps the law, happy is he or blessed is he. I'm going to read a couple different translations because it's going to give us a picture of what Solomon is trying to say here in this, in this, um, in this proverb. So there's no vision, people perish. Another one says it like this. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Like where people understand there's no vision, there's no understanding of what they're doing. For example, if there's no law about speeding, right? It's easy to, if there's no law, then you can go as fast as you want. People cast off the restraint of, of, of holding off the gas, because they know there could be danger. Where there's no law, it's like wide open as fast as you can go. This is the idea. Where there's no revelation, where there's no understanding, where there's no law, people are just, they, they go crazy. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. But blessed is the one that listens, that, that even though we can do something, doesn't mean we have to do it. And even though something is actually, is, is, is actually even legal, doesn't mean we should actually do it because it might not be any good for us. 
This is kind of the idea. But blessed is the one who needs wisdom's instruction that says, how is this going to end going down the road? Where there's no vision, where there's no prophetic vision. It's like this idea that God has a way for us to live. People, they perish because they're ungovernable if there's no vision, if there's no insight, if you don't understand what God's doing. But the person that keeps the law, he's happy, he's blessed. Another Amplified says it like this, where there's no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. He listens to wisdom. Um, the New Living Translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Like when people are willing to say, no, I'm not going to listen to God, they run wild, do whatever they want, which eventually leads to something that's not good. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. There's joy in it. There's something about following God's ways. And then the one I like the best, I think it gives the best picture, is the message translation of Proverbs 29, 18. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. They're most happy. So when people don't see what God is doing, they, they trip all over themselves. They make unwise choices that lead to a lot of unhealthy consequences and ramifications. But those who attend and listen and say, all right, wisdom's calling out. I'm going to listen. Last week you talked about the decisions. We're at this fork in the road over and over on even sometimes a daily basis. And at that fork, we have to make a choice. And depending on who we listen to, what voice, we'll make either a wise choice or a foolish choice. And it'll lead us to something really good or it'll lead us to destruction. That was last week's lesson. Well, when, when people can't see what God's doing, they're going to choose what feels good and what's immediate right away. Um, there, there's a couple of ways we can learn in life. We can learn from others' mistakes, uh, which is one of the easiest ways. Uh, the better way is learn from people's successes, the things they've done well, because then we can repeat it and we can move forward. Or we can learn it all ourselves the hard way of, of trying to figure out what's, what works and what doesn't work. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt said it like this. She said, we can learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Learn from others. You don't have a long enough lifetime to make all the mistakes people have made. And you don't even want to. So why don't you learn from those that have, that have success, that have been doing really well, uh, that, that are working good. Um, for, for example, like Proverbs, what we're trying to do at the church all the time is point out principles in God's words. A principle is universal. It applies to anybody, no matter what country you're in. A principle is, is, is something that just it, it transcends laws. Right? Laws can change from nation to nation, from people group to people group. But, but principles always last. For example, if, if there's a couple that was, had a really good marriage, and you went to them and you said, all right, so what do you do that makes you such a great couple? Like, what are you doing that your relationship is so, so healthy? And they said, well, we go on a date every Friday night. Well, that would be something they do every Friday night. The principle behind that is something deeper and, and, and different. Um, you can go on a date every Friday night and not have a good marriage. But what is the thing that they're accomplishing on that date? Maybe there's really clear communication. Maybe they're dreaming about the future. There's, there's some, a principle there about quality time, about priority, about pursuing the other person. That's the principle. It's not just the, the form and the function and the action that's happening. It's what's going underneath. And this is what Solomon is trying to pull out of the Proverbs, saying, hey, there's something deeper here. Even though you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. And just because it looks good doesn't mean it's going to lead anywhere healthy or good. Uh, in the beginning of the year, I told the story of my son. I'm trying to teach him a principle about saving and not, not rushing into things. And so he saw this car back in um, uh, October, I think it was, uh, um, October or September, something like that, in the, in the fall. And he, he, we went to a store, and, he, and um, we saw at the, at the Super Toy store, he saw this car. It's called a Traxxas. It's a really fast remote control car. 
And he's had these cars throughout the years that my parents, we've given him that, you know, from Walmart, from Kmart, um, that are just kind of disposable. They break right away. They don't really last long. And so we went and saw like a really, it's a hobby car where you can replace all the parts. Pretty cool. So I told this story about him a while back. And I said, Joaquin, he said, I want that car. And we said, okay, well, that costs a lot of money. We need to start saving. That's not just something we can come up with. And, and I wanted to teach him that when one of the, well, a couple of things, if he buys it for himself, he's going to take more care of it, right? He's going he's to love it. He's gonna, not going to thrash it. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna care for it more. And so if he earns that money, so we said, well, you need to earn the money. We'll, we'll, we'll try to help you find jobs. We'll look for ways to, to reward you, stuff like that. But you need to earn it. And so he began to raise money, and he got about uh, maybe, maybe a third to halfway around Christmas time. And he was at the store, and he saw a remote control car that had the same remote, but it was different. And he saw some Legos, and he says, Dad, I have enough money to buy both of those. Um, I, should, I should go for it. I should do it. And I told him, Joaquin, don't do it. Save your money. That's going to break in a couple of weeks. You'll not, not be able to replace it. You just wasted your money. Legos is kind of cool. You can maybe buy that in the future. But I just told him, just save your money. Wait. And so I told this story at, at the beginning of the year. We're talking about climate change and just planning for the future, all this stuff. Well, uh, back in April, he finally raised all the money. And, and here's, here's one of the principles that we learned and that he learned is that it always takes longer than you think, and it always costs more, right? And so what we originally thought it was is it cost a little more. And uh, if you want to show that picture, uh, we bought it for him, and he went, well, he bought it. I didn't, we didn't buy it for him. He went and bought it and paid for it, and he got it. And, and the reason we made him work for this is because we're trying to teach him a principle uh, that, that when you work for it, you, it means more to you than when it's just given to you. Something that's easily gotten, a lot of times it's easily destroyed and easily forgotten. But when you work for it, all of a sudden you own it, you care for it. And he, and he loves this car. So it's a great thing. And the great thing about this is even when it breaks, we can fix it. We just go buy a little part that's not even that expensive, put it back on. We're trying to show him a principle. Um, and and here's, here's one of the principles we want to talk about is, we mentioned it last week, but it continues through today, is a wise person understands that all of life is connected. We want Joaquin to understand when, when, you, when you want something, well, your decisions to save and to work, they will lead to something really good if you don't give up. And that was the principle. A wise person understands your, your spending habits will determine the outcome eventually in the future of what you can afford and what you cannot. A wise person understands all of life is connected. Uh, the third week we talked about words. and We said, we said there's a proverb that says this. And it's not in the Bible. This is a great proverb, though. It says, ears hear what the heart loves. Ears hear what the heart loves. So I'm about to talk about something that you might actually love what I'm going to talk about, or you might maybe even get offended about what I talk about. Uh, I want to challenge you. Don't just listen to what you want to hear. Maybe listen for the deeper principle. What is the principle that he's trying to hit home here? And if I say something today that maybe you have questions about, I would love to go have coffee with you and talk about it. But I think it's a very important thing that we need to talk about. But just remember, ears hear what the heart loves. That could be good and bad. We can only listen to things that we want to listen to because our heart loves it, so we'll listen to that. And we can ignore things that are really good for us because, well, our heart doesn't love that thing. That sounds like a lot of work. So today as I talk about this principle, I want you just to be open. All right? Over the last few decades, scientists discovered the part of the brain that's responsible for thinking ahead. Um, it's called the, the prefrontal cortex. You guys ever heard of this, the part in front of your brain? Um, it's, it's the last part of the brain to develop in us. So for females, I think you develop a little quicker than guys. Uh, that says something about you. You guys are awesome, right? So I think about age 21, age 21, your, your brain about is different for different people. But about that time is when they start being fully developed. For, for guys, it's more like 23, all right? So you, if you're 23 and under, like there's a chance of your guy that your brain still is not even completely fully developed all the way. So it means you can, it's all good. <laughs> so it means like it's all good. 
Um, yeah, so they found this out the hard way that this is the, the, the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that helps us to think and plan for the future. All right. Because um, we all want to have great things in the future, right? Everybody here is like, I want good in my future. Well, this is the part of the brain that you use to be able to think forward and think through those things to get you there, all right? Well, they, they discovered this the hard way because back in the, 40s, in the 1940s and 1950s, uh, they began to do this surgery called lobotomy. Everybody heard of lobotomy? All right, so they opened up the skull. They cut off this, this front part of the, the prefrontal cortex um, because what they found is if you sever it with a knife and you cut it out, um, it actually makes people that have high anxiety, that are stressed out, that are really just high anxiety, it makes them really calm, like um, super relaxed, like, oh, man, like life is so chill and good. And some of you guys are like, sign me up for that. That sounds fun. <laughs> and they cut this out. Well, what they didn't expect, the unexpected part of that is the very part of your brain that causes anxiety and stress and all these things is the part of your brain that actually can also, that also plans for the future. It's one of the parts of us that actually makes us unique from, an other, from animals. They can't, they can't do this. They don't have this ability. There's other things that make us unique, but this is one of them. That we can actually plan for the future. We can think about the future. We can, we can determine, is this a good choice or is this a bad choice? See, animals don't have that. It's instinct, and it's like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go for it. If I get killed, I get killed, but I'm hungry. We have the ability to say, that meal is probably not worth it, dying today. I think I'm going to skip that meal. That makes sense? We're using the prefrontal cortex. Animals aren't so much. We are. Fish, right? They don't have that. Like, ooh, a worm, and bam, I got it. Dinner tonight, right? Served. They don't have that ability, but we do. Um, super last. So they found this is very significant for future planning. People that had lobotomies, if you asked them, what do you want to do tomorrow? They'd be look at you like you just asked them how to do rocket science. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Tomorrow, plan your vacation next week. Um, that doesn't make sense, but I'm really chill and relaxed right now. They didn't expect that to happen. Obviously, I don't think we do lobotomies anymore. I could be wrong. Maybe there's some people that still do it. They're like, I want to be relaxed. I don't care about the future. But I'm sure, pretty sure they don't because they realize it's not a really good thing. Um, well, I'm going to give you a couple of stats, and, and there's all kinds of studies on this. But as, as a culture, little by little, we're having to make choices on what we should pass, what we should legalize, what we should allow, um, what we should uh, um, the, the future, what the future should look like for us as a nation. Uh, we see nations, uh, not nations, other, other states around us that have chosen to legalize marijuana. I, hear, I, I, I get this, um, um, uh, sometimes these conversations with different people about this. Like, can I be a Christian and still get drunk? Can I be a Christian and be stoned? Um, can, can, I, can I do this? What does this look like? Um, and, it, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's natural. Cannabis is it's a natural thing that, that, that doesn't, nobody gets addicted. Nobody's died from it. Nobody. And there's all these things that I've heard most of my life. Like, it's not a big deal. We should, we should do this. So some states have bought into it and said, we should legalize this. And, um, and I really don't even think, like, we don't even know the, the results yet of this. I mean, we're slowly seeing some, but we don't really know for probably 20, 30, 40 years. Well, here's the thing with, with marijuana, with pop, all right? Um, it's the same. It's, it's a, a chemical equivalent to a lobotomy. So extended use of, of marijuana is the chemical equivalent of a lobotomy. Why? Because marijuana affects the same part of your brain that plans for the future. That's why, we're so That's why people get so relaxed when they take it. It's like, oh, this is good, right? Because it, it's, it's hindering the ability to think the future. Yeah, there's no anxiety, but there's no ability to plan for the future to look ahead. So people say it's not a big deal. I'm telling my kids, kids, it's a big deal. And especially if you're 16 and under, if you begin to do marijuana over and over, you actually, um, and it's not just marijuana, the other drugs are the same thing. 
Um, if, you, if you use drugs, alcohol, things like that when your brain's developing, it actually inhibits your, your brain's growth. Uh, they call it arrested development. Um, you, you get stuck in a stage. We can have people we'll, – we'll switch to alcohol. We can have people that started drinking at a young age. We have people that are 40 or 50 who think and act like 15-year-olds or 20-year-olds because they're stuck in an era because of what they've been doing to their body the whole time. And so marijuana is the same, it has that same effect in us, especially kids that are developing it. It impairs and, 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 um, and, and inhibits their ability to really plan for the future. I would say that's a really important thing for us to make wise choices, right? So I'm not saying how to vote. I'm not, who knows? In our state, this next year, we might vote on it. They might legalize it. And everybody's like, well, it's legal. We can do it. Well, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. You can go look at pornography all you want. You're not going to jail. But should you do it? No. If you want healthy relationships, you shouldn't. Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do it. The heart of Proverbs is a father saying, son, daughter, don't do the stupid things I did. I tried it. I experienced, experienced with, experimented with all that. Don't do it. You can save yourself a lot of heartache and, and hurt. Don't do it. Um, one of the reasons this is so – oh, go to the next slide for me. Here's, here's some different there, – there's tons of research out there. You can see um, psychiatric, uh, psychiatric research um, Proceedings from the National Academy of Science, United States of America. So I don't just think I'm just like spilling out stuff that, you know, is just kind of my ideas. Like there's research that go, have gone into this, and they're thinking, they're trying to figure out, is this good for us, is it not? There's a reason they fought it for so long. This is 2012. But remember, ears hear what the heart loves. So if you love that, it's going to be really hard for you to hear what I'm trying to say, even though it's out of a heart of saying, I want to help you have the best future possible. I had a conversation with, with a, a few people, actually, when, when it comes to this. And one of the things that we begin to talk about what it does to us, one of the persons is like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Like, I get that because I've been using it for most of my life, and that's one of the things I struggle with the most is trying to make a plan for the future and trying to get, get, get free and move forward. Why? Because the very thing that, that feels good and the very thing that makes us relaxed and is actually the very thing that's keeping us from the future, the preferred future that we want. Here's the principle that I want to pull out of this. Um, it's, 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 it's found right with, with, with Adam and Eve. It's called seed time and harvest. The idea is what you plant, you're going you're gonna to grow. It's going to grow up and you're going to get it. So good things, you plant good things, you're going you're gonna to reap good things. Um, maybe you've heard it said like this. We pay now and pay later with more. I'm sorry. We, we pay now and we play later with more, more toys, more money, right? If you're paying now working hard, you'll be able to play more with more. Or we play now and we pay more later. Does that make sense? We get this with credit, right? We borrow the money. It's like I want to buy my jet ski, my toy, whatever it is. I'm borrowing the money because it's going to be a lot of fun. But if we don't pay that right away, if we don't have the money for it, we actually pay what? Sometimes one and a half to two times what that jet ski is worth or the car, whatever. Well, we want to play with it now, so I'll, 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 I'll borrow from the future into my present because I really want what I want now. We'll deal with it one day. Our nation has done this for too long. We're so in debt, right? One day that will catch up and we'll have to pay the bill and our economy will shift drastically. Wise people will look ahead and say, all right, if that ever happened, what should I be preparing for? What should I be ready for? Might take 10 years, 20 years, might take five years. But what do we do if we're going to be wise? The principle throughout the Bible is about sowing and reaping. What you sow, you will reap. What kind of future do you want to have? Because what you sow today, you will reap. In Galatians 6, 7, and 9, it says this. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. 
A man reaps and a woman reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will, will reap destruction. If you're living just to feel good, everything's okay, you want to just feel good for now, you will reap something that's not very good in the future. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, though, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. So the principle is this. You're going to reap what you're putting in the ground. All the words that come out of your mouth, they will turn into something either good or bad. They'll bring life to you or they'll bring death back to you. Your actions, your relationships, everything you do is going to come back to you. Everything. You know, we, we did this, this series called Proverbs and Popcorn. And here's the point of Proverbs and Popcorn. Um, one, one, one popcorn is made out of one kernel, right? So that kernel has the potential to be popped and eaten for our enjoyment. And they're good. And you guys enjoy the popcorn this last month? Right? Sorry, it's going away next month. No, next week you have to buy your own, but you might want to because it's going to be a good series. Um, it's good popcorn. So one kernel could produce one popcorn to eat, right? So one, one, one husk, one, one cob can produce somewhere between five and 800. So you, that's a lot of popcorn, one little thing that you can pop and eat and enjoy. Well, one kernel, if you plant it today, you didn't pop and eat it, but you got that seed and you plant it in the ground, right? In six months, however long it takes for, for corn to, to grow, popcorn, the, the, the corn to grow. Um, when it does grow, it'd be one, one plant that would produce probably two, maybe four, if it's the first time. The more you do it, the more it produces. But at first, it would maybe do two to four, which would be about 1,500 to 2,000 kernels, all right? How many think that's a lot more popcorn than just 500, right? That's, that's a lot more. It's, it's, it's more than doubled. You get the picture? So you plant it, you water it, you take care of the ground. There's a lot of other stuff that goes to it. It's a lot of work. It's not just like, hey, you put it in the ground and wait for it to come up. All right, we live life like that sometimes. It actually takes work. You water it, you make sure the right ingredients, that the ground is cultivated. The Bible con- compares our heart to the ground. Our lives are cultivated. And so we plant that seed, we cultivate it. Next year, we can expect to see a lot more. Well, if you can deny yourself instant gratification of eating all that popcorn next year, or in half a year, wherever long it takes, and you got all those kernels and all those seeds, and you put it back in the ground, how much do you think that would produce? Just guess. Let me guess. 75 million? That's really close. It would be 2.5 million kernels in just two years. If you were willing to say, I'm going to work hard this year, produce you know, 1,500, 2,000, I'm going to take that and I'm going to put it in the ground and that next year, all of that would produce 2.5 million kernels. The principle is the same exact thing in our life, in our marriage, in our work, in our school. If you're willing to put in the work now and continue to work on it and work on it because one day you'll see a payoff, one day you'll see a payoff. But if you take the popcorn kernels and you say, I just want this right now, I want to enjoy my popcorn and eat it right now, you can but you just killed the ability to produce millions of other kernels that can produce millions of other popcorn. And we choose a lot of times to have this in front of us and say, man, this is really enjoyable. I'm so glad I popped my popcorn. I'm eating it now. And next year, you have no popcorn. In your marriage, in your lives, in your, in your relationships, are you just using it and abusing it and taking advantage of it? Or are you investing in your decisions? Are you planning for the future? My son, we could have went and bought the car for him back in October when he got it and said, here, Joaquin, here's your, your box of popcorn. This is great, Dad. Thank you. Can I have some more? Right? 
But the principle is, Joaquin, if you can learn to save, if you can learn to hold on to your money and buy something better, it'll last longer. It'll do more for you. It's a principle. So the book of Proverbs is trying to teach us these principles to say, here's how you can master the art of living. So here's our challenge for you today. Our challenge is this. Say yes to better. And the way you do this is one choice at a time by saying no to bad and even to some good things. Say yes to better. This week, say yes to better. What kind of relationship do you want to have with your kids in 20 years? Then say yes to those things that's going to get you down that path. What kind of marriage do you want to have? Man, popcorn's making me thirsty. I'm like, thank you. Man, people listen to the podcast like, what is going on there? Say yes to better. Say yes to better. My challenge, say yes to better. How do you say yes to better? You continue to get in the book of Proverbs, and you begin every single day. I challenge you to read it. It's not very hard. It doesn't take a long time to read one, one Proverbs a day. But every, every, just read it, read it, read it, read it. People that don't know what God is doing stumble over themselves. People that don't have revelation, that don't have vision for their life, stumble over themselves. When you choose to do things that keep you stuck in the present and the now, you're actually saying yes to the okay thing, maybe something that feels good, but you're saying no to whatever the best thing God has. God's invitation is saying, what if you said yes to me now and you can have everything you want in the future and more? It's God's promise. It's God's word. He will, he'll produce something in us. Say yes to better. That's our challenge. Uh, we're going to close service off by just saying this. In the book of Revelation, um, Jesus, is, it, it, Jesus says a statement. And he says it like this. He says, here I am. Uh, this is Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is God's invitation for us to become wise, to live with him, to live like him, to follow his lead. He's knocking on the door. Every week we've been saying this. This is what the book of Proverbs says. Wisdom is calling out. Whose wisdom? It's God. In fact, in the New Testament it says Jesus is the wisdom of God played out. This is what his wisdom looks like. His name is Jesus. And he's inviting us. He's knocking our lives saying, if you'll follow my lead, I'll lead you on this journey. If you do me a favor, close your eyes and bow your heads. As you read this verse, this exact thing is happening right now in your life. God is knocking on the door of your heart, door of your mind, saying, if you will just let me in, I'll come show you how to be free from the past. I'll come show you how to be free from what's been holding you back. I'll show you how to live a life that's, that's better. Yeah. Get some background music for that. You can play something soft. That'd be good. <laughs> I love this part of the service because we give opportunity to people that um, you know who you are. You've been struggling. Um, you've made choices that have not led to the best. And you, you're reaping the consequences of bad choices. And this is what I love about God. He's, in the stories he tells, it's like he's like the good father that's waiting for the son that ran away saying, just come back. I'm waiting here. And as soon as he sees the son... He runs to the sun because he's so happy he's coming back. The Bible says that we've all sinned, all of us messed up, and because of that, we should reap death and the consequences of sin. But God loved us so much that he sent his son in the middle of that to give us a better way, to show us a better way, 
to model for us a better way. And he offers that to us today. And we're talking about saying yes to the better, to the best. This is Jesus' offer to you. Would you say yes to him today and say, I, I accept you as my, man, my payment, my, my way out of hell, my way out of death, my way out of sin. I say yes. And today he offers that to you. Revelations, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you'll hear my voice and open your door, open your heart, open your life, I'll come in and I'll have a meal with you and I'll have a relationship with you. If you're here today and you would like to say yes to that request, would you do me a favor and just lift your hand? We won't call you to the front. Awesome. Yes, God, I, I respond to that. If anyone will hear my voice, I'll come in and I'll eat. I'll have a meal with them. Anybody else here today you'd like to raise your hand? Maybe you waited? Awesome, I see those hands. God's invitation for you today to have a relationship. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. All of you raise your hands. It's a simple prayer. Relationship with God just starts with an acknowledgement that we need his help. It's letting go of pride and it's taking on humility of saying, God, we can't do it on our own. And he responds by saying, I know, but I can help you through it. So if you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you to the prayer. It's just saying, God, I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my choices, my sin. I want to live for you. An invitation to begin to follow Christ. As a Christian church, we're, we're, church, we're, we're Christ followers. We follow his example, his lead. It's a day-to-day decision and choice that we make. So for you that, pray, that raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. If you're a Christian, would you join in us and, and just let, don't let anybody pray alone. Just let's, let's encourage them with prayer, praying with them. So if you raise your hand, say this. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. I've sinned. I've broken your law. Forgive me. I believe you died on that cross for me. So I can have a way back to you. So I could have better. And I could have the best. I invite you into my life today. Would you be my God? Would you lead me and guide me? Fill me with wisdom and understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.